The sun is sinking in the west The cattle go down to the stream The red wing settles in her nest It's time for a cowboy to dream Purple eyes in the canyon That's where I long to be With my three good companions Just my rifle, pony, and me Gonna hang my sombrero On the limb of a tree Sweetheart, darling, just my rifle, pony, and me. Whippoorwill in the willow sings a sweet melody. Riding to, riding to Amarillo, Amarillo, just my rifle, pony, and me. No more cow, no more cow to be roping, to be roping. No more stray, no more stray. Will I see round the bend, round the bend? She'll be waiting, she'll be waiting for my rifle, pony, and me. For my rifle, my pony, and. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 63 of Floating Through Film. On this week we are doing, as the title you've probably seen, a 1950s draft. Um, honestly, I think I'm more excited about the decade drafts. The, yeah, some, like the, It's just more like focus. Yeah, yeah it's like. more focus. Like the actor one, we did actor and director, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. And then those are the two drafts I think we've done. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So like, I think, yeah, this one is more focus and... I don't know. I feel like we'll have we'll have a little more diverse opinions, but for sure, especially in the fifties. But yeah. uh, before we get into that, let me introduce our hosts here, uh, Blake. What's up? And Luke. Hi. Um, so yeah, nineteen fifties. How do you guys feel about this decade? Um, according to Letterboxd, it's my highest rated decade. Oh. Actually, um, I think that's true for me too. It's probably my second so, highest. So I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's def I think it's definitely one of the better decades. Um, Honestly, doing this it, list was making me really think that too. Yeah, because I mean, you were kind of skeptical about it. I felt like for no, no, I wanted, I was the one that wanted to do fifties. Oh, I thought I thought you were the one who like I was kind of skeptical on fifties because you're like I don't know if I have enough movies I've watched them or whatever. No, I was saying about thirties, like twenties. Uh, oh, definitely like 30s. Those. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I feel like no fifties is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, like, I do those. Uh, A lot of my favorite movies, <clears throat> like this is when they like started getting off the ground really in the fifties, like yeah. No, but there's, like, two types. There's also, like, Hitchcock, too, you know? There's, so there's, yeah. like, some directors that are kind of, like... And Ross Laney, you know, they're, like, peaking in their 50s in some ways. I haven't seen any of Ross Laney's 50, 50s movies. But then there's so. definitely some directors also getting their start, like, Truffaut and Sage Ray and, uh... Yeah, a lot of directors, like, Varda, too. Yeah. No, it's kind of crazy. But what about you, Blake? Uh, 50s? How do, you, how do you feel? No, no, I love the 50s, obviously. No. I think we're gonna save us every yeah, decade. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we're gonna. I mean, I mean, Luke might hate the '80s, but no. I'm just, okay, I don't uh, hate the '80s. I just think it's weaker. 
But we're, yeah, we'll not have to get into that. We'll See, that's that the real thing is there's no weak decade. Yeah, there, yeah, there really is. I'm it's talking it's more just to... if they, if we if I think there's a weak decade, it means that they probably just haven't seen enough movies from the decade. That's not a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, yeah, but my ego, though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Well, basically, everything I haven't seen is bad. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, but basically, just reiterating everything Luke just said. I mean, like, especially with Japan. Like, I fucking love Japan in the fifties. Uh, like off. post, like post war Japan. This is like the amazing Japanese cinema right here. Basically. Yeah. Like it, so, yeah, it really is. I think that's really what this era is called in Japanese yeah. history. So, which it would make sense. So, yeah, I mean, all the best ones, all the best ones were working at the I mean, time. We, basically, we have, like, so. we have like kind of like Italian neorealism sort of started to detach from itself. Yes, uh, come apart. Yeah, that's uh, all I was saying with like wrestling. That's kind of like my favorite wrestling period. Um, is there any other movements kind of in the fifties? Like, like new wave star, like you guys said, exactly. That's all saying like Varda. Yeah. That's Tufo. more sixties though. I mean, it started, it started in the fifties though. though. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Four hundred blow. Wait, was it fifties too? No, sixty. Oh, that's sixty. I mean, okay, it was yeah. made in the fifties. Probably filmed in the fifties. Well, yeah, but okay, everything was made in the fifties. Guy grew up in the fifties. But yeah, no, that's true. It's a lot of like. Because fil- even, like, when we talk about film in 2020s, compared to the other arts, it's still young, you know? Yeah. But, like, 50s is where it feels like it's first starting... It's, like, old enough to feel like it's at least a little bit old. It has a second generation, you know? Yeah. Um, I also, also forgot to mention, it's kind of sort of the final decade of, like, the golden age of Hollywood, too. Okay. Which has some bangers, which I'll definitely. Oh, okay, so I was going to ask that. Are we yeah. going to talk about any of those? I this? will, I will, oh, for sure. I'll bring up... More than one. You'll have free reign on those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving them for the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's the steel one for you. Honestly, I have I have one that I love from the from the Golden Age of Hollywood. So you might not might might not be able to wait on at least one. Both of them you haven't seen. Okay. Oh, it's the ones I'm thinking of. Okay, but that's you kind of remind me of. So for this draft. Do you guys have a draft board of, like, this is just my top ranked 1 through 50? I just put all... Or do you have it based more ranked on, like, okay, this is what I think is going to go early, so this is going to... I'm going to try to just, more... I just slapped all of my five-star 50s movies just in... But you don't have in, them ranked at all? Or, nope. like, based... I've like, just going... I've got feeling kind of... I've got feeling in my head. Okay, okay. I've no, I have my that. top 10 ranked, but based on the our criteria, I'm not going to be able to get all my top 10. I wasn't going to be able to anyway, but, like... Yeah, like my Wait, top so, ten. So has our like, criteria is one per director. Yeah, one, one per director. Di- which yeah. my top ten has four O's even in it. Like, per, like preferably it would. But <laughs> also, see, yeah. I, honestly, if I was, I just can't on it. Like, it, it would be against my nature. Even if I felt deep down like Ozu, even if I had like five Ozu in my top ten. If I was making a top ten list, it just doesn't feel right to yeah, put that just, many. No, list. yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's why I like. That's why I like, like that we're doing this. Maybe so. two, two would be like okay, two of ten. But if you're going four ten, it's like, do I really think that? I don't I'm think. Like, saying, I don't think that Ozu is that much better than everyone else in the decade. You know. No, yeah, but like, there are four Ozus. But in I can my see it. Just favorite. They're all. They're all. Yeah, that makes sense. Or there, there might be five actually, because no, I'm after New See, that's why I was like, we could do it where you could draft more than one director. No, we don't have to. It's more fun the other way. Yeah. We all should say that the first pick. I feel like with other drafts, in the first pick, a lot of us were like, we're like, didn't actually pick our favorite of the draft. We kind of like were gunning towards something else, you know. So we, we kind of made the rule that like, the first pick is what your favorite film from the fifties is, basically. Like if you or just if you have to pick one film from the fifties that you think <clears throat> that you just want to pick, like your you know, favorite. Yeah, yeah, basically your favorite. Yeah. Uh, okay. So but, does that make? 
So we're about to do this random number thing. Yeah. Does that make the first pick valuable? Yes, it does. Obviously. How? If you don't know, if you don't know what the other person's at, like actual first. Okay, that's true. Is, it's still so. valuable, I guess. Well, in uh, in other drafts, you didn't really even want the first pick anyway. Like that's true. You wanted the third pick because that's yeah. when you get two in a row. Second or third, yeah. So we should do it that way too. Whoever. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Okay, yeah. We'll do it so um, anyway. Blake, you get first choice. Okay. What do you want? I'll get. I'll take number one. Yeah. First pick. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, Wait, I'll do it for me. Oh, who's next? Danny, you're next. I'll take last pick. Okay, I'll take. I'm actually good with second. I'm I second. just didn't know because, like, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and start off with number one. I mean, okay. limelight. Yeah, I didn't. See, I knew one to me. I, I didn't know if you guys had it as highly as I. I know that you guys have it so like really high in the fifties. It's, 50s, it's actually high, high for me. Now. It's one of those things where I knew was, yours was going to be higher than mine. I just know you like it more than I do. Yeah. So I was like, I should give. I like it would be draft a little later. I'm trying. To, that's what I was trying to say okay. earlier. Is I'm trying to be more honest. Like this is just my do, my draft board. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like. This would be, you know, like a NFL draft board. This is yeah. just how I feel about every kind of, you know, kind of. Um, but yeah. No, yeah, limelight. That's, that's why. I, that's why I didn't really have limelight on, in my top ten. Yeah, oh, I in knew, your top ten because you knew that. Because I knew yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't going to be there, you know. Yeah. So. But uh, that's a good pick. Do you oh, have any? Yeah, we, you, no, we, we talked talk about, about, talk about limelight uh, a lot. Give, give it's been drafted. You give it a brief thing. Like. You give it. A, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll just say what I've said before. I've seen every Chaplin movie. This one hit me so hard after yeah. I saw it the first time. Man, I was like, and I've seen. I think I've seen it two other times since then. Maybe only once. I can't remember, but. Yeah, it's just the best Chaplin movie, and he's one of the greatest directors of all time. And it is definitely—it's in my top five, so in my top okay. one hundred. So okay, yeah. See, that's why I'm saying, like, yeah, that, you should have limelight then. Yeah, we'll and you took it first, so yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to risk you guys having it super high, so I, I okay. want the first pick and getting the one hundred one, having but, slapping. But we just said it should be your number one. How you feel about your best of the fifties? This is my number one. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, you said so. The, so your highest not five to fifties movies in your top one hundred is number. Yes, yeah, it's, okay. it's at number five. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right, all right that's me next one. Okay, um, first one isn't there. There's like three movies that are like top tier fifties for me, and I'm hoping I'm gonna get all of them. It's not guaranteed, but with my second, it's actually what I would have picked the second pick if I um, got first choice. Honestly, so I'm happy with this. So, but first pick, I'm picking Tokyo Twilight. Um, Okay. Which is no surprise if you no know surprise. me. Uh, <laughs> well, we literally just talked about this like a few weeks ago, but uh, <clears> just briefly, I, I just love it. it's like it's dark. It's Ozzy's like most darkest um, movie, and it's kind of like limelight for you, where it kind of moves me the most out of all his movies. And Ozzy's one of the one of my favorite directors. Also, it's like a honestly like a ghost story in a way, which I love. It is, yeah. Just like the kind of solemn nature of it, but like there's still humanity in it, of course, because it's Ozzy. So, yeah, yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes, a few episodes ago. Yes, sir. Um, but so I'm. This is what I was saying about Ozzy has so many fifties. So I'm not. I was. I wasn't really too worried because, at least from what you picked, Tokyo Twilight wasn't even in the top three. I was considering from his fifties. Honestly, yeah, like. Um, yeah. But it's still like you know it's still one of my favorites. Wait, what do you have? Uh, what? Okay, I know I know two that would. Probably... So the one I'm picking though, because I have to go Ozzy number one too. Yeah. Is uh, Good Morning Ohio. Oh, okay. oh Good Morning. Uh, especially since I rewatched that recently. Um, I'm, I'm and saying, yeah, that's there's so many I love. Like, but I, like if after we watch it again, I was like, maybe we should have done that for the podcast too. I was having yeah. some regrets. I, I, um, I, I thought you gonna pick Early Summer to be honest. I like had that. Pen that's the Early Summer was the other one. I thought you might pick uh, Good Morning though, okay. and and we kind of talked about Early Summer already, so I wanted to pick a different one. That's fair. Yeah, but this one is like. Uh, 
it's like an upgraded version of I Was Born But. Yeah. And I kind of like, I just love like the how he uses color in this one. Yes. I mean, and I, the brother relationship too in this one is great. Yes. Uh, and just like, because in the, and I Was Born But, the silent film. And yeah. so this one, he uses silence and sound in really, really interesting ways too, kind of yes. just to comment on the first one. And the first one's about, uh, I, what, I think it's about getting a rate. What are they, they, it's something about uh, movies or like uh, their dad. Yeah. Um, being on the movie, basically a, a film character almost, you know? Yeah. And that it's kind of about watching their dad. But this one is kind of an updated version about uh, the kids wanting a TV. Yes. And it's kind of just, you know, lightly commenting on what the TV or modern society has done through the, you know, using the kids as an example of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but it's a great. Have you guys have seen it? Oh, yeah. 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 It was my first Ozu. It was my first Ozu, too, so. I think, actually. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a great first episode. But and then the other yeah, one I, I would have said before uh, Tokyo Twilight is Equinox Flower too. That's what I think. Those top three. That's, Those that just means I get free reign of like whatever Ozu I want later on in the draft. So <laughs> okay. I don't have to. I can wait. <laughs> Did we take either of the Ozu in your top four no. that you said? Uh, yes, actually. Oh, okay. You took. Uh, well, not Good Morning because I, I haven't rewatched Good Morning since I actually watched it to begin with. So I need to. I always, I need to rewatch it really bad. Yeah. But Tokyo Twilight is probably my second favorite Ozu. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're next. Yeah, another pick. All right. Um, so this is where I'm actually going to at least play some kind of strategy because I think you guys might take this next one, which I'm wor- most worried about. Ikiru. Oh, Kurosawa. damn. Yeah, it was on my list, obviously. It was on my list, but I, I figured I wasn't going to pick it, really, honestly. Damn, okay. It, it was, it was, it was, it was <laughs> there's, there's too many good movies, man. <laughs> there's too many. It's like, and Ikiru was one of them. <laughs> no, it, I mean, like, uh, I don't think... We'll probably do Kurosawa at some point. Oh, we will. Even though, I don't know. It'll, it'll be like, split it's like one, It's one we all love, but none of us, I've never heard of like, it. It'll, have, like, it, it'll have, well, it can be split up in a lot of ways. Like, we can do Kurosawa samurai films, and then just Kurosawa, like, dramas. Like, because he's got a lot He's got a lot of variety. I can see Blake doing it, honestly. Most of We're all, like, hoping just Blake picks him. Because that's the thing, I've never heard any of us mention him, as even considering him. It's because so. he's, I mean, yeah. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, he just he's like, great. He's though. so good. We forget about it. And right? and it's like with the way we we structure our uh, our podcasts, like five weeks max, basically. And Kurosawa <laughs> has more than ten movies that you need to watch, basically. Yeah. Oh, so split it up, yeah. That's why I said like splitting it up in like samurai films would be like an easy way to do it, like for sure. But but see, but, then yeah. when, if we do a Kurosawa series, I want I would want to feel the diversity. Yeah, no, I you know? I agree with that somewhat too. So because that's what makes them awesome, like. Yeah, why well, though? Because if we just do Kurosawa when we do the samurai, it's almost like we're going. Looks like let's move the podcast along. <laughs> I, I, was, was, uh, I thought you guys like, like, like why Kiru? Uh, why Kiru? Yeah, I, was just uh, yeah. I, I thought we got to a stopping point. I was like, hey. what are his other fifties movies? Actually, I haven't. I Seven like, Samurai, Rashomon, Throne of Blood, Hidden Fortress. This is part of the reason why I was kind of hesitant on doing all Samurai and Kurosawa. No, no, exactly. Yeah, because this is like part of the reason why I love Kurosawa is like. A lot of the framing and the and the way he like shoots it and stuff, you can tell st- still uh, you can still tell it's shot by like a guy that shoots uh, samurai epics really well yeah. and everything. But it's just such a personal story about not only, but it's not personal. It's somewhat personal story about kind of you know finding a reason to live, um, even if you've basically made mistakes your whole life or if you've kind of never even thought about it. Yeah, you know, like basically anyone has the power to change. And then not only that, it's like the way it's, the movie's framed too. Where, um, shut. You guys have both seen it, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, So yeah, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Uh, where he 
basically the last third of the movie is yes. him dead and then everyone talking about his life. Yes. And um, then when, from a whole bunch of different perspectives of people that knew and him. And basically them, them wanting to remember him, but then, uh, you know, trying to celebrate the change he made, but then at the end you realize, like, yeah, they're, they're actually just going to go back right to their old ways, basically. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, yes. It's, it's really it's hard to do what general, he did, right, actually. Yeah. Yes. But that's kind of what makes his like story even more rare, though. Even if it feels normal, just watching it, you know, yeah. it's like everyone is like talking about it. Honestly, well, like, I don't want to review the movie or anything, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. But I just basically love that. This is that's mainly the reason why I love it because the story is really simple, and you could be like, oh, it's kind of just a basic humanist story or whatever. But it's like the way it's actually framed, where literally the whole third, of the last third of the movie, maybe even a little longer than that. Yeah. No main character. He's dead, and it's just people talking. It's his memory, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and this is like kind of like. I've, I've heard people kind of mention this as like, you know, I, what would people say at my funeral? You know, that kind of thing. What would people say at your funeral? Yeah. You know, but this movie is really about that, you know, and really thinking about that and yeah. all the different perspectives that would come from that and everything. So, okay. no, it's just a really interesting movie. And uh, it's probably my, I have to, I wanted to have a Kurosawa from the 50s, even though it's it's not my favorite decade, I, mean, I don't think. It's probably not Because it doesn't have dreams, so. so. <laughs> Honestly, damn. Honestly, his 90s decade, his 90s is pretty amazing. His 90s is very good. Yes. I mean, dreams and modern. Honestly, we have to. Maybe we could do Kurosawa by decades, like Kurosawa seventies, fifties, and sixties, or something. Yeah. Well, he has some. He has forty. He has a lot of forties movies too. But they're all. They're definitely worse. Yeah. Yeah, There's a few we could definitely do, but fifties is where he starts. Where he starts cooking. I feel like. Oh yeah. When's Drunken Angel? That's fifties. That's forty. Fifty-one. Forty-nine. It might be forty-nine actually. But that's what. Dude, this is. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Because Stray Dog's really fucking good too. So. And I, I like. Ikiru doesn't feel... Ikiru was made in 1952, so it's one of his earlier movies. Yeah. But if you said it was one of his later movies, it would make perfect sense. Yeah. It, it almost, and that's, that's probably why I'm picking it, because it does feel like a later period for Kurosawa. It's an old man's film. Yeah, it honestly. is. It, it feels, feels like, like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Oh, damn, they changed movies. the picture on Kurosawa and Letterboxd to a younger version of him. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, yeah, I thought it's been there for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, but... <laughs> I don't remember seeing that last time I looked at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Ikiru... Great choice, great choice. Um, so yeah, my next pick is once again not surprising. Uh, I'm going uh, Knights Gabiria, directed by Federico Fellini. Nice, nice. Uh, another one where we've had a podcast episode. On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first three picks are all podcast episodes, basically. Um, was this the one you were worried about me taking? Uh, I was sort of worried, but or was it Tokyo Twilight? No, we haven't gone to. Oh, it yet. we haven't gone to. It. Yeah, okay. we haven't. Gone I, to I don't want. Don't even like. Don't even throw <laughs> names. I don't, I don't want to give anything away because I, I do want the. Because all I'll say is I'll give you a little piece. Yeah. From based on what I have in my next ten, you shouldn't be worried about me like okay. just overlapping. Okay. I'll say that, I'm but I'm curious. That. That's why I'm curious. I'm like I don't know what okay. you. Okay, it's from gonna this. be. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, Knights Kabiria, of course. I'm keep brief, but just the I just love how episodic the opposite episodic nature of it shows like the cycle of like. Basically, a woman trying to, uh, 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 having fake optimism that her life will get better, and then once she sees an escape, basically her rationalizing over her lifestyle until the point where she sees an escape, uh, and, um, puts all her, like, puts all her belief into it, and then seeing the aftermath of when it's not as what it seems is basically, it's just so beautiful, and just one of the most cathartic, like, endings ever, that, like, the, of course, I love, like, uh, the rest of the movie, but, like, the ending really just, like, makes it, like, ties the bow on top, basically. And, the, and like, because yeah. a lot of movies would end it with her ending up with the guy, I feel like. Yeah. You know, but just that, that's why you're saying the ending makes it so special, because it feels like an uplifting moment. Yeah, it's about to but be. But not in the movie, like, yeah. though. But, like, yeah. 
it's almost like it's it's asking you to really take her place of being like why should she why should this be an uplifting moment for her you know yeah, honestly it's a it's a great movie amazing I think we reviewed it too right for yeah yeah that's awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. yeah. Okay, so my next pick is uh, Carmen's Innocent Love. Okay, yeah. See, this is another She's one where I was like, I didn't have it. I didn't yeah, even yeah. take it before me. Yeah. This is where you're putting your top 100 uh, list. Oh, yeah, that kind of yeah. helped yeah. me, too. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this one's also... I think this is my top 20, I'm pretty sure. 20, top 25, for sure. But, um... Yeah, we'll do this one on the podcast at, at some point for sure, because I love Kenoshita. Danny, I know, is going go, he's going to love him whenever he watches more of him for sure. I've seen some. I've seen no, some. I know you've seen some. I haven't but... seen, yeah, probably not that many. <laughs> you said, I've seen, yeah, probably not that many. <laughs> no, no, this is, uh, I'm, I'm sad because this is the only Kenoshita I'll be able to take from the decade. There are a few others that I would yeah, love I've to seen choose. Four. But... Yeah, I've only seen four. Yeah, I, I think I've seen 21. Damn. He's, what? Yeah, Dang. He's, yeah, he's, no, I love Kenoshita. Um, he's honestly. He's just he's just as he's just as good as Ozu in my in my opinion, and even more so sometimes because he's more direct in talking about, um, like what his people were like, what his countrymen were feeling after the war, and like Carmen's innocent love is definitely about that because they're like one of the main one of the biggest like plot points even in this movie is like rearmament basically like like young yeah, people yeah, talking yeah. about rearmament and yeah. try and uh, like should it be done and then, like all these different like different differing views different factions and everything, it's just. It's an amazing... Uh, Kenoshita just does an amazing fucking job in this movie. You just have to watch it, honestly, to believe it. Like, what he does with the camera also. Like, no, it's, it's just insane. We've talked about it a few times on this podcast, I'm pretty sure, also. We but, have. We've mentioned on lists before, yeah. so... Uh, but we haven't talked... We haven't reviewed it. No, no, yeah. Uh, that might have... Unless one of us picks Kenoshita, because, I mean, you've seen yeah. way more. I didn't know you've seen 21. That's yeah, I've seen a lot. No, no, so, yeah, you definitely deserve to pick Carmen Sinister Love, honestly, because I don't have to see how many Kenoshita. But, but we, you should talk... I mean, we haven't talked about it as... This is different than a lot of his other movies, though. It is, yeah. Uh, which is kind of why I've, I've lean, I have lean more to uh, kind of his comedies or his satires, you know, more than his melodramas. Yeah, more than his melodramas. But it makes sense that he's good at both. You know, like, it makes sense because he's good at just, he knows how to manipulate it, what a cinema can do to manipulate emotions, almost, in yes. both ways. Um, and I, I kind of love, like, uh, he was a big fan of Renee Claire. Uh, you know who Renee, like Renee Claire is? Oh, I, like, so. uh, I married a witch. The French director. Did he, he make Forbidden uh, Games or is that Renee Claire? I don't think he made uh, Forbidden Games, but it's he's like an earlier Clement. French uh, director. Like he was uh, during the silent period too. Oh, okay. Uh, no, because I love that story. There's a story of him like in the right before he made these movies. The I'm pretty sure, yeah, before he made the Carmen trilogy, he went to go visit like Renee Claire, like right before he died in France. Just to say, like how much he loved him and stuff, <laughs> and so I always think about that too. It's like, th- like that their connection too. Like I, I see, I can see a lot of similarities in their movies. Okay, and so I'll have to watch the remake. Oh, you definitely sure. do too. I'm surprised you might have seen some. Like, let me see. Like, uh... from those two that you first mentioned, I don't, I don't think I have because I've never, I don't think I've heard. Like his of them, his really popular one is Intracte from 1924, like the early silent movie. Intracte, I don't know. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but one of my favorite is I Married a Witch too. He 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 made movies in Hollywood too and stuff all the way up until the fifties. Um, it happened tomorrow. Have you heard of that? I don't think so. I mean, I'd have to see the posters and I maybe I'd maybe I'd remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised I haven't heard of him, but yeah. Uh, anyway, no, I just always think those two together. So, uh, yeah, Kenshita. No, but but really, do you think we're ever gonna pick him at some point? Because yeah, if yeah. not, we should review this movie at some point. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it so much. No, we have. Yeah, 
And the, the good thing is that he, and, he has a he has a shit ton of movies. So. But another thing I'm nervous about about this movie is the only way we can watch it is on Criterion Channel, which is they could take it away at any time. <laughs> well, hopefully they don't do something which, like that. Dude, remember the face of another? Wait, is it off Criterion? I could be. You remember oh, what well, it, we found? Because I watched it on Filmstruck. Yeah, yeah. And then Filmstruck went away. I was like, we couldn't even watch it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's on, on Criterion. It's on, it's on well, I know it's on Criterion, but still, yeah, that could never, it's, like, it's a you never know. It's on Blu-ray. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to find. Is it not on Blu-ray? It's I very I, hard to find. I thought it was on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on Blu-ray, but oh, it it's hard to find. Oh, like, I like no, the face of another... Yes. Because the face... I've looked before. It's like $150 or something for the disc. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, what? I know they have the woman themes on Blu-ray, yeah, no, they have uh, they uh, they just need to do the box the box set of the three they have on the Criterion channel, like Woman of the Dunes. Um, I forget his third one, but it's the face of another, and then uh, I'm gonna look this up because I I forget what this one's is, what his third one is because he has a third one that is really popular. Oh, I know what you're talking about the one where like he I seen those synopsis where like I'm I'm a, like goes to a town whatever. Have you seen it? No, no, I haven't oh, okay. seen it. The only one I've seen from him is The Face of Another. I need to watch the other two, so... Uh, okay. No, I've seen Woman in the Dunes, Face of Another, Pitfall. Pitfall is what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A Man Wanted... Uh, yep, three movie. films by Toshigo Hiroshi Tushigaro. Pitfall, Woman in the Dunes, Face of Another. And you yeah. can buy it? Yeah, you can buy it. Oh, good. It's still oh, it's out of print, actually. I told uh, you. That's uh, why. Yeah, I, like, I, that's thought, why I, thought, like, I didn't realize it was That's why print. it's so fucking expensive. Yeah, like, like, damn, how's that still in print? No, yeah. Like, like I've looked before, and you can't find it, so... Well, hopefully we can buy a conference that's at love on, on the high seats or something. But... Or we gotta find a way to do that. Like, rip it from a Criterion. I have no idea. <laughs> do they even have Kinesheas on Criterion? Like, like on the disc? Yeah. No, like on, the, on like on a disc, though. They said it's, He said it's out of print. Uh, they have one of the Dunes on... No, no, no. Like, uh, uh, I was talking about oh, Kinesheas movies. Okay, I, don't I don't know about Kinesheas movies. Yeah, I don't think they do Regardless, Carmen's innocent love. <laughs> so watch uh, Criterion while you can. Yes, you watch never it. Know. Yes. You never know. When it's all. It's criminally underseen, honestly, because like the first. It movie, is. I was just looking at. Uh, it's pretty low on it's got, like, popular. Well, it's got like less than five hundred logs on Larabox, which is Damn, really low. I'm pretty sure. That low. Yeah, no, it's very low. Yeah, I still haven't seen. That. But uh, honestly, no, dude, that made me nervous. Give it five stars the first time. I was like, am I really that, that off in this movie? Because no, you're not. Because is kind of a. Um, He's a popular director, somewhat like somewhat, yeah. And the Japanese and yeah, at least fans, of, ja- fans Japanese of Japan, Japanese yeah, yeah. fans of Japan, especially the fifties, they watch Kanashiku. Because like I, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you've seen the ballad Nariyama. That well, that was another one that was That's on my list one. for uh, for Kanashiku. So, but yeah, well, the other the other interesting thing, just real quick about Carmen's innocent love, is he goes back to black and white because Carmen because Carmen comes home with shot in color. <laughs> Which yeah, is, they're like so, uh, they're two completely different sense, movies. Though. It's so good. No, but yeah. it makes no, sense. No, it makes, to go it back makes to perfect black and white, sense. Because um, it's in color, going to the country, yeah. and coming back yeah. to the city. It's like in black and white. A lot, a lot, a lot of directors uh, also like kind of did a, a one-off like color movie back in the day. He made more color movies though. I haven't gotten well, to I've gotten to some of them. Because Ford, sure, like, John Ford, kind of switched back and forth quite a bit. Kinoshita is, I think he did a legend, there was it, and I'm pretty sure that's like late 50s, early 60s, and that one's still in black and white, so... Damn, okay. So, yeah, he's been doing black and white for a while. Those are two. Yeah, but my third pick is uh, Chris Marker's Lair from Siberia. I, I know, oh, I found okay. you. You're taking... This one's also in my top 50, so... Um, another one that we've... I, don't, I know we've talked about this one, at least passingly, before. But 
Uh, I mean, it's like it's the it's the first marker, like marker's first like main feature. I'm pretty sure, and he literally just does like the travel log he's basically known for, and it's just yeah. amazing. Because like he 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 does the thing that we that that he always does, and makes you wonder like what like makes you think what am I watching on screen? Like why am I like like um you could, like he's making you see that like the director can influence what you're seeing on screen uh, basically yes, yes. and he wants you to notice it yeah he you're wants you to notice movie, it yeah. but yeah, also, so while, doing it but also while still ha- giving you a documentary kind of feel of just yes. seeing beautiful images of Siberia exactly and the people and everything and just like just honestly the, his shots of uh, people are just some of the best ever they are dude oh man I, I really need to watch rewatch that it's only an hour or two yeah it's, it's so short it's so great no it's like I mean it's it's crazy that it's like his first big like feature ba- or like feature basically because it doesn't feel like it honestly like you talk about someone that already knows his craft <laughs> like <laughs> no yeah, I mean you know, he, he and I I don't think he only gets better from here because like Sans Soleil is my is my favorite from him but like this is probably my second favorite marker so probably honestly I can see that I can see I can, that yeah, I can I agree with that too but Lajate this is one of those Lajate things Lajate where this is why I can't so. pick a director's it's hard for me to rank a director's movies because yeah. like if I like uh, they're different movies like Lajate is way more sci-fi experimental yeah. and this one that's why yeah. it's trying to be like a Almost like he could sell it to just a Siberian national channel kind of thing, oh, yeah, but sure. still trying to you know get in his Chris Marker wet things. You know, I wish his, more uh, TV had Chris Marker. Uh, his Marker. I mean, dude, and the t- we've talked about this movie before, because yeah, yeah. I've, I've uh, even though we haven't reviewed it, another one. Yeah, of those. another <laughs> one. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, definitely do Marker at some point. So uh, one of us has to pick him soon. Though we've already done like Sansley and Robert Although Robert I guess enough you could do. He does. Yeah. Also, they, you could do those. Like you could do Sansley. We could do Sansley again. again. Yeah. Like yeah. Sansley. Like. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, but this one is a uh, but this one like that's all I was saying. They're way different movies. Like this is this is way more just a single place. Yeah. Uh, and Sansa is way more kind of like his travels in what three different locations I think. Yeah. Uh, at least two. Yeah, two. Sansa is a lot lot more, lot more like if I had four drama days. Yes, exactly, exactly. So yeah, even Marker has a lot of different variety in his kind of yeah. method. So, which this is like. Just one version of that. Yes, but we'll definitely review this one at some point too. Yeah. But All right. my pick now. Uh, this is the third entry into my Luke's obvious picks. <laughs> uh, Mon Uncle, directed by Jacques Tati. Um, once again, another one we've reviewed on the podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, but just one of, of course, Tati is like to me. He makes the most cozy movies ever, and this is this might be his coziest. Like it's one of them. Out of his, you know, large filmography of six movies, but uh, large filmography. Of six yeah, I, I, I love just the contrast of old Paris, modern Paris, and how basically through Hilo and the family, we see them kind of intersect, and we see both of them learn from each other. Basically, it's very, very cute, very funny, and just very beautiful at the same time. It's just Tati being the goat, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go watch her episode on it very good movie. I know both of you love that movie. Yes. Uh, I know Blake the other day said he would cut 20 minutes out of it, but, you know, we're just gonna... Yeah, yeah. No, I said that gonna, just. You're gonna address those allegations? Yeah, I, I said that just. That's not right what now. you were saying even right before we started. We're yeah. like, oh, I'll defend it. Yeah. Oh, I did not say that, so I'll have to <laughs> oh, watch you, the movie again. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't even have I have it at five movie. stars. It's obviously perfect, but... Uh, I don't know, it's perfect, but you could take 20 minutes Yeah, I don't know. What? 
I said mostly in jest. Okay. <laughs> you've never been these bro. <laughs> I was saying that in defending Monster Who Loves Holiday, so... <laughs> I'll, all I was saying is he gets better. That's all I was saying. Yeah. He gets better with age. He ages like wine, dude. I agree. He just, he his just, last two movies are too bad. Yes, but Monster Who Loves Holiday is like the second best movie. His last two movies are his two best movies. No, that's all. His last two movies are his two best movies. Okay, no, he's second to two. Great, so good. I love that as a last movie, though. Okay. It's kind of a perfect... See, me and you have different opinions, because like it's literally it's Playtime, Monster Who Loves Holiday, Parade for me. That's my Those are my three favorite Tatis. You can't have Parade in your top three and there's hate on Countess from Hong Kong. They're like trash. Oh, I can, though. No, no. Countess from Hong Kong is like his Parade. <laughs> I don't need to rewatch yes. it. I don't need yes. to rewatch yeah, it. It's also courageous better though. That's the thing. So. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's interesting. It's like it's barely a movie though. That's why I like it's a. It is. It's wow, way more. Good. He's going yeah. back to theater though. It's way more just still, like. Uh, it's still amazing. There's a lot of cinematic moments for sure, but compared to Traffic and Playtime, which is just like it's, honestly, it's not trying to be Traffic and Playtime. It's not. Yeah. No, but I'm saying his best. I'm talking about his best. Okay. This, but once again, that's why I don't like it ranking directors. Yeah, that's but, that's but you know, uh, that's kind of what we're doing. Because you have bad so. takes. No. <laughs> okay, so you're hating on Playtime then. No, yeah, I, I, said, I said I had Playtime 1. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it felt like a, oh, okay, Almost Playtime like, oh, 1, so I don't get roasted kind of 1. You know? Okay, like, fuck off. This guy doesn't even like Playtime, probably. They try to instigate now, honestly. Okay, but I think it's my picks now next, right? Yeah. Uh... Okay, so my next one is I don't think have you guys seen uh, my next pick is Rossellini's India Matribumi. No, either one of you nope. haven't seen it. Damn. Yeah. Great, great movie. It's like a honestly, this is marker before marker. Like oh, okay. this literally in some way started kind of this poetic documentary that I really love. Um, at least in some ways, and really what where Rossellini is kind of breaking away from neorealism at the same time. Yeah. Um, but still using a lot of the techniques. Uh. And it's, like, I think it's really underseen, too. If I had to look, like, it's probably way one of the... Uh, Ross Lane's last. I don't have him pull, I don't have pulled up now. But, uh... Um... I don't want to say too much about it, because I, I kind of want you to see it. But it's basically, like... It's, like, very episodic. Okay. Um, like so it's, like, a... Do- it's, like... And he's very up... For- this is why I think it's compar- comparable to Marker. He's very upfront about, uh... At least to some degree, that... Even though he's... In- on the surface level, it's a documentary about India. It's more a documentary about how he thinks about, you know, his views on mankind or the world in general, yeah. you know? And, like, have we talked about the river? Not on the podcast. It's on my draft board. So oh, it is? Okay. I don't know if I'll pick it. I will, uh, we'll but in terms we'll of Renoir's approach to India, too, they're very similar in terms of, like, uh, they are kind of very self-aware of knowing... They, it's their interpretation of using and only using India, you know, instead of yeah. being like, this is what India's like as, you know, a white man coming there for like two months or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's why it's a, it's a very experimental movie, uh, which I, you know, I also love about it. And there's just so many great animal shots, some of the best animal shots ever. Uh, and yeah, I highly recommend it. Honestly, you guys gotta watch it. You guys. I have to watch Rossellini in general. So. Yeah, no, yeah. But, but Luke has seen some Rossellini. I've just seen not as his worst movies. I've yeah, seen like like his worst movies. <laughs> <laughs> not as, I don't want to say worse, but uh, my it, to me they're like my least rewatchable in some ways. I can see that. Yeah. No. But you also have you have to respect like Rome and City, like literally filming during the German occupation of Italy. Oh, dude, I love it, and like uh, I mean, I, th- this is what makes him. Uh, like good throughout his career too is that kind of attitude he took in terms of basically making a film with what you can ha- what you have yeah you know and uh 
I don't know. I just yeah. I just uh, love. We'll definitely talk about Rossini at some point soon. Okay. He's one of my all time favorites. So, mm-hmm. uh, have you guys either of you seen Saint Fra- Flowers of Saint Francis? No. Damn! Yes. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm supposed to be like an Italian oh cinema guy too. Uh, Rossellini's like my one, like he's like my biggest. Yeah. I didn't pass away. Damn, the best Italian director. My Italian. You, you can't even call yourself Italian fan if you don't. If you haven't seen at least, that's at least, absolutely. You said best insane. Italian director. That's that, a bold I stand take. by that. That's a bold. There's take. no way. Someone is making a movie better than Messiah. Fellini and Tonioni, like exactly. My point still. Uh, There's no way. Like, we're just gonna go. We're not, I'm not even gonna. At least I hate Italy, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really haven't seen a lot of Italian. I haven't like, seen a lot like, of Italian. Yeah. We'll get to this. It's basically just Luke Forsyth. Too. Luke Forsyth. Luke Forsyth. No, I like all of the directors you mentioned. Just dude, Rossellini is. Oh my god. You said best though. You you that's a strong word there. Like is he is. Oh, I can see him being better than Fellini for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know what? We, we don't have to see him. It's not hard to see directors being better than I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Damn. He's a great director. He's a great director. Moving on. <laughs> great directors. All right, let me let me make my next pick. Who is another great director? And uh, maybe the one you were worried about. I don't know. Uh, a man escaped. Ooh, okay, okay. Different Prasad movie. Oh, uh, different. Okay, yours yeah. is probably Pickpocket. Yeah. Okay, and I. I was kind of considering those two. I think this one I like more though. Okay, because cool. I just I actually rewatched Pickpocket more recently. Okay. And uh, but yeah, I think this one is just a little better. I just like, I love how, basically, uh, I love movies where they kind of grow on me over time. Yeah. And I'm gonna look this up to make sure. But basically, every time I've watched this movie, I've like given it a higher rating. Like yeah, I gave it a three and a half the first time, four and a half the second time, and five the third time. Okay. And I kind of love that. Like the three, especially the three and a half. I remember thinking, like, this is, like, there's, like, barely anything here. Yeah. You know? Uh, but the more I've come to learn about Prasanna and love him, that's basically what makes the movie amazing once you're bought it in. Yeah. And that's true with all of his movies, but this one may be the most so out of all of them, because yeah. it literally is just a guy in a prison. And the fact you that know? it spoils the movie in the title, basically. Exactly, which <laughs> makes the movie about something else, though. Yeah. See, that's that's the... I, uh, this is pro- I think it might have been him talking about this, but I've heard someone talking about this, where it's, like... If your mo- movie is dependent on a spoiler, it's a bad yeah. movie. Okay. You know, because that's not the... Like, Brisson, you're watching Brisson's movie literally to watch the whole thing. Yeah. The process of the whole thing and how it happens. Yeah. And literally, he's t- literally telling you that by giving you away the ending in the title, because that's why what his movies are about. Yeah. But a lot of movies are literally about, okay, how are they going to do this ending with these characters and basically don't care about any of the, any of, anything else of it. Basically. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. why these spoilers are so important. Important, you know? Yes, yes. But, uh... Yeah, that's kind of that. Honestly, yeah, that relates to Man Escape. So, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of also spoiler. I don't want to talk too much about it because we will be doing Brisson soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sir. I'm excited. That means I don't have to watch it. <laughs> 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 or you can watch them twice. I mean, Brisson <laughs> is definitely a director you can watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. All under ninety, dude. I mean, or under oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the, yeah. Mas- the masters. Well, him uh, one of the masters. I guess I'll continue energy and go ahead and just pick pickpocket for my next pick. Which pick- okay. okay. I, I I was thinking today because I knew uh, talking about pickpocket, I was like, okay, what's the best way to describe pickpocket? And it's really just like it's like one of the most in-depth character studies of like. A criminal, like just like of like a outcasted society, basically like uh, like a Brasonian study um, that just like it fully you fully feel like you know this character by the end, and it's only in seventy five minutes. <laughs> like unbelievable uh, images from this movie that I just like will never forget. 
Specifically, the, the fact ants. that it's seventy five minutes is just insane. It's insane because like, I just rewatched the streets Ninja too. It's like, yeah, like it feels like everything. You know, it has yeah, everything I, in it, like redemption. No wonder Paul Schrader like worships this movie. Oh, dude, because <laughs> like, I was just listening to a video about him with him, uh, just an interview with him today, and he was talking about how because he started as a film critic. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was talking about how when he was as a film critic, he never thought he could make a film because he's like, I don't think I can make these kind of films that you know I'm watching Hollywood these days. Yeah, um, but he said he watched Pickpocket in '59, right? 1959? Yeah, 1959. Okay, out. yeah. Uh, he said he watched it in 59. When he watched that, he's like, I can do that. It's just yeah. a guy that goes to his room and then goes out, does some stuff, comes back to his room, and then goes out and does some yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, I can do that. And he's like, that's exactly what Taxi Driver is. Oh, man. Um, and just, and, uh, just the, the, like, how the actual pickpocketing scenes are just, like, the coolest thing ever. Like, just perfect. It's, it's, like, it's like poetic oh, movements, dude. honestly. Oh, the, like, because uh, I also listened to, because I watched the movie, and then I listened to uh, Richard Linklater talk about it, because there's yeah. a YouTube video with him talking about it. And uh, he talks about how the train, like, uh, sequence is almost erotic in terms of, like, basically okay, yeah. why he's drawn to pickpocketing in the first place. It's yeah. very almost erotic in that way. Yeah. And that train yeah. sequence is almost perfect in terms of just watching the hands move uh, as they all move. Which is also no perf- talking, like... Just slight sounds. You, you see, like, like, the, the, like the, the way you describe slight. it is very erotic. Yeah. You start describing the same. Honestly, you know? that's a good way. Uh, and like, yeah, and like, but why drawn to it? Yeah, too. I heard like basically like uh, the film had to be like be banned or something or like limited because uh, pick, uh, pickpocketers like the actual techniques in the movie were actual techniques that pickpocketers used, and people Damn. they were scared like <laughs> pickpocketers would like pick up on it and stuff, and there would be like a rise. Well, because it's there is a book mentioned in the movie and it's about a pick and then like, he's reading a book about a pickpocket in like the 1700s or something that was really famous okay. and like he was getting his techniques from that guy so, oh my uh, no there's like it just there are with the Versailles movies like the more you watch uh, the more you get out of every time oh I see so, yeah I'm excited to rewatch him so we just did a mini Brasamba podcast now, and Blake didn't have anything to say. Let's go. Well, no, no. Shame, shame. No. If you want to talk about Joan of Arc, I can talk about it. But... Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is a good movie. That's the only one I've seen. That's honestly kind of insane. Only one I've yeah. seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Well, I mean, I could see it if you're like, you because you've seen Passion, obviously. I had seen this one years before I'd seen Passion. Oh, really? That's, yeah, that's so. even more weird. It was like a leaving movie or something, wasn't it? Like, no. It was leaving no, some streaming no. service. I don't know, maybe. That's probably how. Like, I don't know. Well, every time I don't, you have, some, well, every time you have some one-off random like from a director, I'm like, why? Like, what? what? That's why you watch the Pliny one. No, uh, that one for movie, yeah. That, yes. one, that one for sure, yeah. And that's <laughs> happened a lot more, too. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is your pick, though. Yeah, it is my pick. Uh, I'll just make Danny Man choose Tokyo Story. Well, I already picked my Ozu. I know, I know. Okay. Well, no, I'm just... Okay. Okay. It's a great I'm not a hater. Story, you are a hater. <laughs> it wasn't in my top three from the 50s, but yeah. Dude, Ozu was making, like, so many bangers in the 50s. In the yeah, yes, and Tokyo Story is one of them. Yeah, it is. I love it. I love Tokyo Story. I don't know. You You, you know. said some questionable things. There have been some words said off air that maybe... Go to the episode and you'll see how much I love this. We need to start having off, like, we need to start just having a mic set around here for whenever we talk, like, beforehand. So that way we can catch Danny and act like, actually. Or catch Blake saying, uh, about my uncle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, never mind. We don't do one. You know, Blake's <laughs> Blake, a better editor than Tati over here. Uh, yeah. off, off air. He knows more. You know, off air. He's more of a comedian. You know? Exactly. No shit. No, but yeah, we've already talked about Tokyo Story. Not much to say. I mean, it's already, it's in, what, Sight and Sound Top 15. Yeah, everyone so, knows, everyone knows about Tokyo yeah, Story. Yeah. Amazing fucking movie. So my fifth movie, I will make Danny Maggie and choose Monster Hulu's Holiday. Okay, I like that, I like that. <laughs> okay, okay. The second best movie. Tati movie that, nice. that we have also talked about already. I guess if, because this is, like, Tati's, this is only, if he's restricted to the 50s, it makes sense to 
pick one. I don't like how you said that. Yeah, I don't like how you said that either because it's the second best movie in my opinion. It's it's up there. I can see that for you. Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, we've all another another one that we've already had. Maybe carried by the score a little bit, but I'll just okay. All right, all right. We got two Tati haters on the podcast. Haters. Two Tati. Yeah, well, I'm a hater. Miracle hater. Okay, who's seen Traffic more, me or you? That's all I'll say. I've seen it three times. I think I've seen it four, hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. How many times? I think we've seen Playtime probably the same amount. Okay. Does it make you like Tati? I'm basically, we're basically the same, yeah. Anyway, Hulu's Holiday. Yeah, Hulu's Incredible movie. Incredible fucking movie. Just like one, one of the greatest, one, yeah, one, one of the greatest gag chill movie, movies. Yeah, honestly, like, just like a movie you. The could ocean really just listens like, to his command. <laughs> honestly, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I've seen Playtime and Traffic four times each. Okay. All right. Anyway. Let's go. Bigger. I'm the bigger fan. <laughs> I'm the bigger fan. <laughs> yeah. What, what'd you get Parade though? What'd you get Parade and Jordan? Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. Anyway. Okay. Keep going, Blake. Next. Luke. Next. I just had to expose uh, Luke here. Uh, no, no, you can expose me. I'm He's gonna like watch Playtime tonight. Just <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna watch twice. He's gonna watch twice. He's gonna watch twice. No, no, he's gonna watch Playtime twice. Smart. <laughs> I will, I will, I will be honest because I literally thought of that in my head and I was like, shit, should I watch Traffic tonight too? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right. uh, okay. Um, anyway, well, is it your pick, Luke? Yeah, it's my pick. Um, next pick is one that both of you haven't seen. Uh, one that I just rewatched, Rio Bravo, directed by Howard Hawks. One of my favorite westerns. I, I often say that I pretty much consider McCabe and Mrs. Miller to be my favorite western of all time. And then I rewatch this one and I'm like, okay, maybe not. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's close. It's close. But Rio Bravo, it's typical Howard Hogg's hangout movie just with a western. And it's just like the most like, it's, it's, it's a, such a comfortable movie to uh, get into. Like, I feel like some westerns, they could be a little bit foreign in some ways. Like... Uh, I don't really have any specific uh, examples, but you know what I'm saying. Like, a lot of, like, the kind of, like, like you said, like, hero's journey, like, uh, tough hero. It can be kind of, like, a bit foreign mm-hmm. to the viewer, but Rio Bravo is, like, the opposite of that. It's, like, warm and inviting and just, like, uh, it basically is, like, about, like, basically uh, how the group is better than one, basically, when it comes to the West and just and just to uh, brotherhood in general. Okay. Um, and just some of the most creative uh, shootout sequences I've ever seen. Like, they're oftentimes, like, really, like, most of them are, like, really quick, too. But they're just, like, so sharp and so cool. I love quick shootouts, Yeah, too, it's like. just, it's, it's two hours and 20 minutes, and it at least feels like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, no, okay. Honestly, we have to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Two, it's two hours, but it feels like an hour and a half. It's so, it's so just, like, calm. Okay. I, it's... <laughs> Not cut that out. I meant like use that as a soundbite, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every time, so I don't, I don't like that sound there. You know, but uh, and just has John Wayne and like one, one of his just like most chill roles. Like he's he's obviously like the still like the John Wayne like hero, but his character goes to an arc in this movie that's really like lovable and stuff. But yeah, just I mean like one of the most entertaining movies you can watch. Honestly, just straight up entertaining. But. Yeah, real bravo, fantastic movie. Everything you said is why you should love a better tomorrow more than you do. Uh, that's okay, all I'll okay, say. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And it's forty minutes short. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. You need to watch real bravo first because you, you you would love real. Bravo, oh yeah, right? no, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Probably. Okay, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, yeah. All right. My next pick is. Sorry, I guess my next two picks. Uh... Alright, the first one, I don't think either of you have seen is Illusion Travels by Streetcar. 
No, well. no, I haven't seen it. Oh, great, great movie. It's like, uh, uh, because I've been thinking more, uh, at least a little bit more about Moonrel recently, and I just rewatched uh, Nazar- Nazarene 2. That's what another 50s been while I was considering which one of those two. Yeah. I ended up picking this one, but they're both like tied for my favorite of the 50s. One of the best titles I've ever heard in a movie, honestly. Oh, yeah, great title. Um, and it really fits the movie, too. Because uh, we've kind of talked about, we talked about how like neorealism was this. It was kind of, it was basically a known thing throughout the world at this point, and it was also yeah. already changing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of the best examples. Boonwell's fifties period is one of the best examples of these the style of New Realism being taken to another country and seeing what it could do. Yeah. Um, and you really, and honestly, Boonwell's Mexican period is probably the least seen. Like it's his other two periods are way more known. Like his yeah. earlier experimental movies, uh, serialist movies, and then his later French movies were the most yeah. popular. But, like, his 50s one is really showing, like, him... Because he's even talked about how his 50s period is really when he started to be honed in as a... Who he was as a director, craft-wise. Yeah. His, like, earlier movies are way more experimental, you know, yeah. like... I uh, mean, and, like, a 50s movie, Boon Well Movie I Love is uh, Los Soldados. Yeah, I was thinking and, you might pick that. Yeah, it's on my lap. I don't know if I'll pick it, but, oh, like, okay. just, like, the way, like... It's, it's a very, like, neo-realist story. But, like, it also kind of has these, like, surrealist, like... They have surrealist moments. They'll have Boonwell's comedy or satire, yeah. you know, where it's just, like... It's not just straight up trying to make you sad, you know? It's trying to make you think more than anything. Yeah. And also, like, Los Angeles, like, 80 minutes long, too. Like, yes. Oh, crazy. dude, I was just saying that. Yeah, Boonwell's the master of, like, these, uh... Um, just packing so much into so uh, little time-wise of a movie. Yeah. You know? And uh, Illusion Travels by Streetcar is just one, about one night of these two guys that kind of uh, basically just steal an out-of-commission streetcar and go around giving pe- free people rides. Um, and just about the people they meet and everything. It just, it's very local. Sounds like Pure Stommy in a way. Honestly. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. It's, I, way I like more, like, it's just way more Boonwell comedy. Like, just way more re- like neorealist, but not in terms of like the melodrama you would think of uh, with more neorealism, okay. you know? Oh, and that's cool. what I love about Boonwell is like, He's willing to show these weird, these real issues and these real questions, but he does it in a very funny and kind of like, uh, honestly, just de dramatic and just you know, yeah. almost objective point of view. Um, which he's he's another director like I want to do soon too. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, Illusion Travels by Streetcar, and then the other one. I'm basically picking all these directors that I'm going to do soon. I, I've just I realized like these are the ones I've always been considering next. So the next one I'm going to pick is The Killing. By Kubrick. Okay. I wasn't sure if you guys would have. I wouldn't have it on my list. Okay. But... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I've only I don't seen think it once. I don't have anything to worry so... about for any of my picks. Yeah, honestly, so. me, me too. Uh, for the next part. But have you guys seen The Killing? Yeah, I have. If you need to read, yeah, okay, okay. Have you, 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 yeah, okay, okay. Have, do you like it? I don't know. Yeah, no, let's I, see. Let's see what you guys write. Four stars. Oh, what? Okay, that's not bad. No, but that's the thing. That's probably what I'm putting on here because it's a better than a four star movie. That's all. So it's like. Uh, like the more you, I've watched it, it's just like the perfect eighty-eight minutes heist movie. Heist movie. Um, but it's like the, you know how you're talking about more about the western, or like you kind of mentioned our conversation before about how I really don't like the hero's journey arc really yeah. that much. Uh, uh, and a lot of heist movies are kind of about that, right? Or about at least there's usually one hero who's like kind of the guy you're watching, like. Yeah. Get, you know, like, uh, we just did Ocean's Eleven. George Clooney yeah. is that guy, you know? Yeah. He has to get the wife at the end and everything, you know? He's happy. Yeah. Uh, but The Killing is, like, it's basically teasing you the whole time. It's like, oh, it's going to be that. It's going to be that. And at the <laughs> very end, it just, like, everything is useless. 
you know? Okay. And that's what, really, if you watch the movie, watching it over and over again, it's like, you realize he's telling you just the whole time. This is not going to work out. All these people are stupid. Everything, <laughs> it, like, sucks. Okay. All these people are dumb. But then you're watching it just knowing what a heist movie is and all the tricks of heist movie, and you're like, okay, it's going to work out. You know, yeah. it's a heist movie. You know, they're going to the horse track. Like, everything's planned out. We just got the planning, you know? Yeah. And yet it's still, like, when it goes wrong at the end, you're still kind of like, holy shit, it went wrong. Even though it's like, basically the movie's kind of been hinting at that the whole time. Okay. Uh, and yeah, just Kubrick's, like, sense- honestly, both these directors I just picked, Kubrick and Boonwell, they both have, like, really, really, like, dry sense of humors, but... If you get on their level, it's... I mean, not on the level. If they, if you get on the plane of what they're yeah. kind of trying to go for, humor-wise, they are really, really funny directors. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah the right. Killian. Yeah. Um, so, with my next pick, I'm going to pick a movie that both... Uh, another one that you both you haven't seen, but both one that you both definitely need to watch. Uh, In a Lonely Place, directed by Nicholas Ray, um, starring Hum- Humphrey Bogart. Uh, really, just, like, the way... Uh, yeah, you're. It's basically about the screenwriter, uh, who basically is under investigation for a murder, uh, and then uh, he, it's 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 sort of like you you start with the perspective of the screenwriter, and and then he gets in a relationship, and then in a way like you can't trust the movie, like the uh, the, the the main character. You start to doubt. The audience starts to doubt him as a character. Like, is he actually like who he says he is? Is he actually like a who we thought he was, basically. I'm not, I don't want to spoil it too much, because obviously it's a movie I will... Uh, yeah, I should definitely just go in as blind as possible, but... Uh, one, one of one of my favorite screenplays ever, honestly, just like... What, have you seen any other Ray movies? Yeah, I've seen John... Uh, he's one I'm getting into uh, more recently. Like, I've seen Rebel Without a Cause, Johnny Guitar, which is also one I considered. Uh, but yeah, amazing movie. Highly recommend. Ooh. I need to get a Nexus Ray at some point. No, yes. His movies look good. I know he definitely inspired Godard a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my next movie is going to be the, uh, the Stanley Kubrick movie Danny Show Chosen, Pass of Glory. Okay. <clears throat> no uh, wrong choice for a Kubrick I honestly, movie, like, though, honestly, in terms of just, uh, like... I don't know. I just I just love The Killing more. But it's, yeah. uh, it's a... Maybe part of it is just a better rewatch, but Paz Glory might yeah. be a better movie. I no, Paz Glory. I mean, Paz Glory is like it's such a. It, I it's mean, a great movie. It's a great movie. It's, it's like it, it's kind of like Cooper being a, being a humanist for maybe the only time in his career. <laughs> like being a humanist is in like he's literally trying to show how Kirk Douglas is trying to save these men, even though the system completely fails them well, and they human, all die. But it's anyway. also anti-humanist in a way. Because he's dehumanizing the military, isn't he? Like, that's basically what he's doing? Or? But that's what I think Blake that's is saying. He's trying to show uh, a human fight against the system. Okay, yes. yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, maybe. It's like his most hopeful movie, hopeful. but it still shows that it all is for naught because the power that be still still has control over everything. Yeah, they, he doesn't yeah. win. No, exactly. That's why, But it's still his most hopeful movie, probably, in terms of, like, tone. <laughs> but... Even like, though everything's bad. Did he make the same 20s, too? Or it shows the most, like, at least a single guy. I think he might have. He I guess like 57. Did he make or, I mean, it was, this has a glory. It's 1957. I don't so. know because Letterboxes went down again. Oh, Damn. <laughs> I know it was released in 1957, so oh, I don't let me, know. Let me look. I feel like he was kind of young when he was. Hold on. I mean, if he is, then that's just even better. Thursday. You know? <laughs> But uh, no, Paz Glory also one of the greatest quarter drama. Twenty nine years so. old when it came out. Yeah. yeah. So like, it was. He was even younger when he was filming. Probably. The reason. The reason is I just like. His other war movie better. I like Pat. Pat's Glory is probably my third favorite Cooper, honestly. Yeah, 
I prefer Full Metal Jacket. Uh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I do. I do see what you're no, saying. It's like it's one of the greatest courtroom dramas of all time, too. Like that's 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 what like whenever you look at the cover of the movie, especially that Criterion has. You go in expecting it's going to be like a World War Two, a yeah, World War One, like like trench warfare movie, and then you get a courtroom drama. And it's like better than anything that that you probably than you than you would expect, basically. So. No, dude, a uh, movie I really I think it goes well with is uh, Have you seen Thin Red Line? Yeah. Okay, you got me busting all these yeah. now. But it's like uh, kind of showing like just basically all the little aspects of the military. Not just the military is not just one thing. Yeah. It's like why this middle general his interests you know or like why he wants to go to war so yeah and like one of the uh, well one of the best parts about paths of glory is like the ending whenever he gets the promotion yeah because the kids because like he he, because the general thought that he was just like wanting his men not to be executed because he was like basically schmoozing up to him yes to get the promotion yes (laughs) and then whenever he's like no (laughs) yeah see like maybe another kubrick movie you would like uh or more less humanist like you're saying yeah i don't know if i fully agree with that but i can see what i can see what you're saying like like kirk douglas the main character is like and that's why though it's kirk douglas yeah like kirk douglas got this movie made partly which is partly why it feels like it has a more like kubrick's movies don't have literary stars oh yeah no like this this is sparkus yeah him is uh and this it's partly why Kubrick became uh, popular as a director in the first place was Kirk Douglas noticed him early on and got got you know got Pat Glory made because he he noticed Kubrick as a good director and stuff. Yeah. But uh and Spartacus too. But that's probably also why it feels like maybe the character in this one has a little more control or a little more at least like yeah. uh hope like you're yeah. you were saying hopeful like give something to the audience to grab onto versus like once you get the full metal jacket with the uh, Matthew Modi, you know he's like he he. You still are kind of on his side, but you know yeah. he has no power. Yeah. He's not oh, gonna be yeah. able to do anything. Yeah. You know? maybe, like, maybe they only did twenty takes instead of fifty. You know? <laughs> oh, for this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but uh, I, I still love the movie. It makes you think a lot about war, like just like all the maybe shadier the aspects, minutia, of the courtroom like, aspects. Yeah, of just it. like literally the aspect of these generals, which even it's even worse now because we just have people sitting at a controller like bombing people now. Like there's no there's no like attachment to who you're killing at all basically but like this this thing of like these generals are so de- they're so detached and distant from their actual command that this is literally just ga- like pawns on a chessboard chess no, so. there's like a great scene in the movie where like the general that basically is commanding all these guys to go you know far ahead even if they know they're gonna kill basically <clears throat> yeah uh and he, and he keeps saying is we need the anthill yeah like it's already called the anthill yeah. And he basically is like kind of Kubrick. It's like it's like a little Kubrick joke of like he basically sees them as ants. Yeah. You know, like literally, yeah. like this is what they're kind of fighting over. They're like they're literally fighting over the ant hill. Yeah. You know, like they're just ants. Like to the, especially to the generals, that's what really all they are. You know, it's just like yeah. it, they're not more much more valuable than that. You know, uh, and really it's all for promotions and stuff like that at the end literally. of the day. Which is, uh, well, he does a good job of showing the movie. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. But then my next pick is oh, what do I want to go with? Um. I honestly don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna be mad at this, Luke. I don't know if you have any Mizuguchi on your list, but Sancho the Bailiff. Uh, Let's uh, fucking go. Uh, uh, Sancho the Bailiff. Backup, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got amazing movies in the fifties, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But Sancho the Bailiff it, is it, the Bailiff is still it's still my. Fa- I mean, I think I've only seen it's, actually it's, it's two different Mizuguchi, but it's my favorite Mizuguchi. Oh damn! And, really? Yeah. yeah. This. I mean, it's. It's maybe because it's so depressing, honestly. I don't know. It's just like it's, <laughs> it's so, so beautiful. It's so beautiful at the same time, yeah. It's so beautiful. Like it like it's that classic meme of like how can this thing how can this be so beautiful yet so depressing at the same yeah, time, basically. Honestly. Like But I mean I mean you can help me out. It's like it's just yeah. like the fucking I have I have seen this movie once and 
one of the reasons is because I don't really want to watch it again. It, it, it actually is That's probably it's, why I like I have uh, some Mitsuguchi mm-hmm. at least on my list I was considering. But I wouldn't put this one on there just because Honestly, I feel like like that's part the other ones I have: Street of Shame, The Crucified Lovers, and Life of Oharu. Yeah, all of those, even Life of Oharu, is pretty depressing too. Honestly, I, I actually all of them feel less so than Sancho the Bailiff. I rewatched Sancho the Bailiff last year, and it was actually rewatchable. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it is. I'm assuming it is rewatchable. It's just it t- for for me. It's just like I have to mentally not like oh well, yeah, mentally prepare myself mm-hmm. for it because it is like it's a very rough watch, man. Like it's in about, a good way though. Oh yes, no, in a good way. Well, it's showing it's showing like the human condition. Like this is this like shit like ha- shit like happens in this movie happen in real life. Like it's basic I, I mean it's not a biopic technically but it's like set in a real time in Japan where all this stuff was like happening where like these laws about like this these governors trying to like uh, like uh ban slavery and everything. Like or in, in private do you remember that? Oh, is it? Oh, so. like the governors are like banning slavery in private manners. So, like that's that's part of like the whole movie. Look, yeah, like, part yeah. of the whole movie is like these governors are trying to do this, and the private owners are like they can't do this. They don't have the power, basically. Yeah. But it's basically just showing that shit like this happened all the time yeah. back yeah. back in feudal Japan. And it's like and it's, it's like, so sad to think about that specifically. Like these oh like they're characters in a movie, yes, but it's stuff that also yeah. there, there, happened. There's two scenes in that movie that just so. like. The ending, just, like sure. real, ending and the the scene where the girl walks into the water. Yes. Oh my god. That one's that one's rough too. But like, they're, like they're, they're, they're so depressing, but like they're like so beautiful though. Like, yeah. Even the ending, I think, is like a beautiful. No, it's ending. it's a beautiful scene. And it is sad, like very sad. Very but, sad. Yeah. All right. Am, am I going next? Yes, you are. All right. So my next pick is uh, is not only a movie you haven't seen, a director you guys both haven't seen. Oh, okay. Uh, Linote Bianche or English White, White Knights, directed by Lucino Visconti, who's a director I want to do a series on <laughs> eventually. Um, and not this White Knights adaptation, I know Danny's probably going to tie in saying it's no way it's better than the Brisson one, which it, it they're close to, uh, together in my opinion. Okay, okay. Uh, but it's it's definitely much different than the uh, uh, than the Brisson version because I mean obviously they're very different directors and like in a way this is. This is this is this is like Visconti like sort of breaking from neorealism as well as like we talked about with Rossellini, um, basically uh, using. I mean, I'm not super familiar with the White Knight story, but just like the mood he creates in this movie, along with Nina Rota, just like the 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 way he uses the geography of the of of the setting, and it's like the setting is like very obviously still a soundstage, but you can like it works so well anyway because in a way it 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 adds to like. This is this is this is all delusion basically. This is this is a love romance built out of delusion, and Visconti really feeds into that and really builds on that in a really amazing way. But it's also like not. It's also like also oddly really funny too. Would you say the mood is similar to like uh, Brisson's? No, because Brisson's is also pretty funny too. Is it? Okay, like, actually, you, it's, it's like more, once you get in on the joke, almost okay, in terms yeah. of, like these it, are just young. This kids is more outwardly too. like more funny, okay, okay. but like still sad too. Like it, it's it's of course more melodramatic than Brisson because every director is more melodramatic than Brisson. That's but, true. That's true. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's 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 different. But I see what you're saying. But yeah, they're 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 both two movies I can't really pick against it because I can just go for I go for uh, to both those movies for different reasons though. So okay. also stars Mar- Marcello Mastroianni. So. <laughs> Great, great, great. So you know, no, I'll definitely. Yeah, I okay. need to watch. You because you were considering Visconti for a while, and uh, I probably will do Visconti after the next series. Oh, okay, okay. But, 
So I'll be like Blake with Visconti then, with, like help Blake with some. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be like that with Visconti, Visconti too. Um, so. <laughs> no, but I might. Was, I I watched some Visconti before. He is looks like I definitely want to get more Itali- Italian cinema. The ones yeah, I haven't seen. for like, sure. Visconti, De Sica for sure. Pasolini, yeah. And Pasolini, yeah. yes. Um, yes. But yeah, but uh, yeah, Wynonti Bianca, or yeah, Wynonti. Uh, I like saying Wynonti Bianca. So yeah, watch Brisson one first, and then. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, it would make sense to watch this one. Well, yeah, this one's probably first. Well, yeah, it's, it's fifty-seven, okay. and it's like earlier in Visconti's career. Oh, okay. okay. Like not like super early, but like you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's like Knights Gilberia for Fellini in a way, like kind of that. They actually came out the same year, actually. Okay. Really so. But you know, it's kind of like that stage of their career. Right. Okay, so my next pick, uh, number seven. I think this is the last one where I'm. You might. You. I'm gonna pick because you. I might. I'm worried you guys might pick the rest. I. I'm almost positive you guys won't pick. So, uh, the 400 blows. It's on my draft board. Actually. It's on my draft board. Okay. But I. I probably. No, no I stole it. it so. I stole it. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make it feel good. I stole it from you guys. So. Uh, the 400 blows. Um, we talked about this. Oh, yeah. Our first sec. Our first real like our first series episode. Right? Yeah. Introduction yeah. to fetching wave. Yeah. And in some ways, it that's a good way to talk about this movie too. At least why I like it. It like, it was one of the first international movies that was like, that really blew me away. That was like, like damn, I didn't know like movies could, you know, because you even like growing up, you'll watch movies about kids and stuff, you know. But it's never like, it's never as real as a movie as Foreigner Blows feels. Like truly, like the experience of a kid like that like yeah. normally maybe in a hollywood movie like the kid would you know get a job at the end of the day or like find parents that love him or something like that you know yes. and then like this one just feels so much different it's so much more it just feels so much more open at the ending too yeah um, which i really love about it and honestly that makes sense because he made you know sequels to the movies yeah or you know yeah basic sequels um but yeah, what do you guys think about the former blows amazing movie jean-pierre Lodge. i just love how yeah, probably the best yeah. re- re- my favorite kids uh, child performance, honestly. One I can't best. say that. Like, that might have to be an episode or something. I think yeah. an episode, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what is there to say? Like, it's, it's like, so, like, alive, but, like, it also is, like, a very lonely movie. Like, a, a very lonely character, I should say. Because, like, I remember, like, uh, Simon Long, uh, yeah. he loves this movie. Like, this is one of his favorite movies. He silly said, like, this movie inspired him so much because, like, he can see, even though the movie specifically isn't, like, uh, it's not like a Simon Long lonely, you know, loneliness uh, capture, but he could he could see the loneliness uh, in the character. Yeah, yes, and the, okay, sure. yeah, okay. Like, yeah, it's not like, I do think it is loneliness captured in a lot of ways. It is. But it's not like Simon Long. No, it's not like yeah, the slowness. Like, it's yeah. not that slowness. Yeah, it's like it's it's it's. But it has moments. It's a fast paced picture, but it's still about loneliness. That's what probably yes, is. It. Yes. It's a faster paced one, I should say. But yes, yeah. Even though I guess uh, I haven't seen that many side, but like I can see like the ones I've seen, I can definitely see why he would like. Yeah. Especially uh, like. Uh, John Peter Lodge feels like a kind of rebellious character that Simon might have in one of the Oh, yeah, movies, oh, yeah. Even. I mean, and he really had a movie, uh, his movie, uh, What Time Is It There? A part of the movie is, uh, basically, like, uh, 400 Blows is a big part of that movie, basically. Oh, okay. And John Peter Lodge... Is, that for the... Oh, yeah, that'll be a John Peter Lodge has been in that movie, he's in that movie, and in, uh... Visage or Face. Damn, so, like, there's direct... Yeah, he, he loves John Peter Lodge. Yeah, mm-hmm. in this movie, too, like... No, and that's uh, it, it's a template movie for a lot of directors. Too, oh yeah. Um, in terms of like showing like you can still be honest about the character and what it goes through, what he goes through, while still at least being somewhat sympathetic towards him. You know, yeah. where a lot of times you feel like you have to show the good guy doing good things to feel sympathetic. Yeah. Or in this one, you really don't. 
you know? Like, he's still a bad kid, but it's yes. almost like it makes sense in a certain way because... He's a bad kid it. because of his circumstances, which... But that's what... He's so but this is a true folk theme. Now. Like, uh, have you guys watched Small Change? He has, like, a no. later one that's kind of about... Honestly, in some ways, I like it more than this one in terms of just, like, rewatchable in some... In, just in some ways, because it's a little more lighthearted film. But that one's kind of just about school children in general. Like, it's more decentralized. It's not about a single kid. It's about, like, a group of school, school children. Oh, okay. Um, and, like, their summer break. Oh, okay. uh, oh. And now that I'm thinking about it, because I just watched Days and Confused yesterday. Oh, I'm like, damn, okay. I wonder if uh, Linklater watched, like, a uh, uh, small change at all. Okay, but, uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, small ch- but Truffaut has this theme throughout a lot of his movies in terms of, like, especially with kids. Like, kids are their circumstances yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. you know? And then trying to draw that even out to adults, too, in terms of, at the end of the day, most of us do not have control. You know, we only have certain control over certain circumstances, you know? Um... But yeah, no, that's why I love the corner blows. Okay. Uh, do I have another pick? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, my another one, my next one is uh, Varda's short film, Coasting Along the Coast, Ducote de la Côte. Okay, yeah. Along yeah. The I Coast. didn't realize that was 50s, actually. Yep, 58. Okay. Yeah. Like, basically, her travelogue on the French Riviera. Uh, okay. It's kind of like, it's very Chris Marker-esque, honestly. Now, you, okay. Um, she has another short film. Have you seen this very... point? Mm. Oh, you gotta watch it. She has another like 20 minutes. She has another short film that's very close to the rest too that you need to watch. Which one? Ulysses? Or Ulysses? No, I don't think You need to watch it because it's very. It's like 20 minutes long, I think. Short film. It's also Chris Marker. But really, I should say this is Varda esque because, I mean, only her could. Yeah, she can make it. It's both. It's kind of. It's a video essay style. Yes. But this one is like. This one is more like a travel log in terms of like she's just kind of her experiences of uh, the French Riviera. Just honestly, some of the best cinematography you'll ever see. Like uh, honestly, it reminds like uh, the beach scenes in Man with Movie Camera. It reminds me a lot of those too. Like imagine those like twenty minutes long, uh, and kind of just fart his own voiceover and stuff. And then she's comparing it to she keeps bringing up uh, the word Eden because apparently the word Eden's a lot like all over the place in the French Riviera. And she's kind of saying, like, what are people searching for when they go on vacation? She's kind of, you know, she has those little themes in there, too. Yeah. But it's, like, in Varda's playful mood, so. Okay. Uh, great, great movie. It just, I just love, every time I think about it, I just love it, so. Okay. Yeah. That's um, so, with my pick, 8-pick, I will select another John Wayne Western, The Searchers, directed by John Ford. Uh, John Ford is quickly rising to one of my favorite directors the more I watch of him and The Searchers was like one I initially watched and I didn't really get it I was like okay it's a cool western that looks beautiful but like what is what else is there and I was you know I'm ex- it was an experience at that point in terms of just like uh, reading movies and like rewatching it it's just like it's so obvious like how it, like, it's, it's obvious but at the same time it's not like he's being over the head with it it's like he's John Ford is like beautifully pointing out like deconstructing the you know traditional American hero um, specifically pointing out how prejudiced and like uh, morally corrupt they've always been, but how America has basically always ignored that and basically only wants to show the good side of them, basically. Um, but all at the same time, it's like extremely beautiful. It's like it's like beautiful hatred in a way, because like you know he, he obviously John Wayne gets like so scary in the movie. It's a very like rage-inducing movie. But at the same time, like, uh, John Wayne's character will be, like, uh, will say a line that's, like, makes you think, like, it's, like, he's, he's like, a poet, too, honestly. Which I saw, I saw, uh, Scorsese talk about in the interview, but, yeah, Searchers. And I, I've said it already, but, like, the movie is shot, like, 
the way John Ford shoots the frontier, the American frontier, is like no other director can do that like him, honestly. But yeah, searchers. I, both of you have seen it, but I've I, seen it. It's, it's, been a a while, it's been a long time. You, like, probably think. 2017 or something since I saw it. Yeah. Such a good movie, though. I don't remember when That's last why I don't want to say. probably 2019, 2020. 2017, last time I watched it. Yeah. All I remember is like the door shot, basically. Amazing, one it's of the amazing, amazing, amazing shots. Shot. It, it's like hyped up a lot, but it's like it deserves. It's it. like a one perfect <clears throat> shot kind of shot, you know. But it's it, the both both of the shots are amazing because it, it's it starts and ends with a doorway shot, mm. and the first doorway shot. Spoilers if you haven't seen the searchers, uh, which it's it's like not really that much of a spoiler, but uh, the opening shot of basically the camera, uh, the the mother opens the door and the camera comes out, okay. and you see John Wayne in the distance walking yeah, towards yeah. it. He's the American hero just like wandering out of nowhere, basically. Yeah. Uh, wandering from the desert out of nowhere, and and then basically the end is they rescue the nephew. Uh, he rescues his nephew finally, uh, that he hates because she basically grew up with the Indians. Yeah. Um, you see, you see, you're carrying home everyone else that's with him goes inside, but he stays outside. The the and he starts walking away. He he, he never goes into the house where basically the house is supposed to represent like, uh, basically modern America in terms of racial. Like everyone's kind of. Every, every race and culture and background are mixed together now. But he can't go in there because he... That's against what he... You know, he's morally, like... Yeah, yeah. Well, the, he, he's racist, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's supposed to represent, like, in a, like, non... In a more subtle way. It's it's super... It's, it's a movie you can study forever, honestly. Just, like, the amount of, like, uh, detail that goes between every shot and every shot. But, yeah. That's why everyone... I mean, that's why he's called the master of John Ford. Uh, of course, Yes. Uh, there was a time where I was like, is John Ford, like, uh, what's the hype behind John Ford? Now I'm like the opposite. Oh, like, yeah, I would say, yeah, I've become like that too. What's uh, like? Yeah. Yeah, that's my pick. Mm-hmm. Great pick, great pick. Uh, my next pick, number eight. I think I'm going to choose my Kurosawa now, and I'm still struggling over which one I... I well, it's between, really, Seven Samurai and Throne of Blood. And I'm going to choose Seven Samurai, okay. because it's probably my favorite of the two it's a safe pick um oh definitely a safe pick no one hates like who hates yeah. Seven Samurai? like the only th- the only criticism of it is three and a half hours long but it needs to be so like awfully quiet over there they're like well i don't hate it i like three and a half hours it's rewatchable long. you know it's like, long but it's, no, it's, so, it's super that rewatchable, one actually makes sense though. it's a rewatchable okay. three and a half hours so. oh yeah it makes sense that was three and a half i mean yeah like i mean there's nothing nothing new under the sun really to say about seven samurai it's literally inspired i mean it's inspired it's, so much ever ever since it I mean, it was inspired. Yeah. It was inspired by the by the American Western, and then it went on to inspire American Western. So it's yeah. it's super it's super funny, honestly. But um, I mean, Shiro Mifune obviously the standout, but yeah. But all of, all seven of them are obviously amazing. Yeah, like you need all seven to work, and then I mean, I just I mean, I always love my favorite part of the movie is after the transmission, obviously because it's. Or not the transmission. Intermission. Intermission. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is the, the <laughs> transmission? Well, I was like, what? I have no, no, uh, no, um, after the air mission, whenever they have to defend the town, obviously, because that's just the best, it's the best part. That's what Kurosawa is known for, is epic and, scale. Like the tension and, building it, yeah. he does throughout his saga. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll do, we'll do Seven Samurai at some point, obviously, but... <laughs> Well, you're saying hopefully. We'll and it make, and I'm glad we got someone picked that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, just yeah. in terms of all-time greatest 50s, that's always up there. Yes. Yeah. You, and pick, it you pick two of them, Tokyo Story and Seven Samurai. Yes, and they, they both deserve to be picked. Throne of Blood. I mean, they. but see, both directors also have also have movies that, I would, that, would, that also deserve to be on the list, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
right. Well, you already have Akira. Yeah, I, I guess. Picked, we I all three, Kurosawa. all three of us picked Ozu. Yeah, we all picked Ozu. You said Akira, or you said Ozu. No, I said. Well, I said both of the Tokyo Story. Tokyo Story. Yeah. You you haven't picked Kurosawa. No, I probably won't either. Wow! Wow! I need to rewatch Rashomon. Okay, that's the. See, I He's got other movies in the fifties. Throw it the other one. Throwing Throwing was good. I, I Drunken Angel was 49. I saw yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought I thought it was in the 40s. Throwing up Hidden Fortress, like, I liked, but like, I thought it was pretty good. But I was, I Throwing up Blood it, is right? fucking amazing. Hidden Fortress, I also think is amazing, but I can understand why. And you I haven't seen like it. Damn, I haven't oh, seen I know, it. I know, I know. I think it's cool. um, I live in fears. I've already seen Star Wars, so do I need to see Hidden Oh my god. I live in fears, actually. One of Kurosawa's best, also, though. That's his, uh. It's kind of his. Uh, response to the nuclear bomb almost or just like not even his response but just showing like the fear that it caused everyday Japanese people okay. and the and the links that some people would go to to like try to uh, escape that fear basically alright um blues pick yeah is it my second wait did I already do both okay. I'm on my ninth pick no you've only done one did I already yeah, do one did I already do one, one. okay okay I can't I remember think. if I did two or not but what would yeah Sancho the bailiff was your last pick Right. Yes. Okay. And then seventeen. Yeah. So I need. I need my, yeah, my next pick as well. So my next pick. I think I'm going to do my western for this list, which is the Gunfighter. Have you heard of it? No. Gregory I think I've heard Peck. Of it. Who, who, who directed it? Gregory Peck. Oh, Gregory Peck directed it. Yes. Like the actor director? No, he's in it. Um, the who's the director of this movie? Henry. King. His wait is a uh, yeah. Henry King directed. He directed okay, five. I have heard this. He directed heard five it. movies with Gregory Peck. That's why I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of them. But this is yeah. Where Box is still down. Okay. Um. <laughs> no. Uh, the Gunfighter is honestly. Whenever I first started like reading westerns and watching movies, it took me a long time to get this movie because I never. I I had never really heard about Henry King before like two years ago basically. Yeah. Before I think I think they I think Criterion had maybe it was Criterion it might have been movie but one of those two added like the uh, the five film collection of Harry King yeah. Gregory Peck working together. Yeah. yeah, it was like a couple like a year or two ago. A couple months ago. Actually. No, that was it was a long time. It was sure? a lot. It was I thought a lot it was a couple months ago. It was definitely early last year if anything, but. Because I watched The Gunfighter last year. Damn, 85 minutes, let's go. No, yeah, but but The Gunfighter is literally kind of the idea that I had of how I wanted to make a Western, basically. Hmm. Like, already done. Especially, like, how I wanted to end it. Like, the ending of this movie is so fucking amazing. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it or anything, but it's literally just showing, like, the life of a gunfighter leads to this one, to, like, only one, like, it only leads to, to one, to, like, one thing. And then if and then like if another gunfighter basically does you in, like their life is going to end the exact same way. Basically, is how this movie like it's it's all about like the gunfighter myth and like it's trying like, to it, kind of like uh, yeah. kind of like John Wayne dis, the uh, what's the demystifying was it deconstructing uh, deconstructing yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of like John Wayne deconstructing the the western but it's deconstructing the gunfighter myth more so than uh, than like the American hero kind. Of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a fucking amazing. This poster movie, looks honestly. amazing too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, the gunfighter, fucking amazing movie. I love it. Okay. His only friend was his gun. His only refuge, a woman's heart. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got me. Exactly. Especially <laughs> like the way he's holding the guns in the poster, dude. Oh my god. No, and he's so fucking cool. They don't make Gregory like Peck is so cool in this movie. Oh, Damn. Yeah. But no, so uh, cool. yeah, this looks really good, honestly. Like, like that's another thing. Westerns tend to be longer, at least like the annoying ones that I always care about. <laughs> 
That's why whenever like Lou, the own ones. No, whatever, whatever Lou. Like eighty-five minute West. We're like, okay. No, whenever, whatever Lou said, Rio Bravo was two hours twenty. Oh, oh you no. guys need to watch. Yeah, because no, <laughs> it wasn't adding up. You're like, it's like a hangout kind of Western. Yeah, it's but like, it's also two twenty. Dude, it works. Make that. It, it's. It, I see why you're skeptical. But it works. Okay, I can no, see why you're skeptical. Like, no, you can have long hangout movies. It's just dude. harder to do. But, but Hawks, Hawks is like no. Harder Hawks. Hawks is that, that guy. Way, so. you know? Okay, all right. But yeah. Anyway, um, my with my ninth, ninth pick, yeah. I will select. I think Blake has seen this. Night of the Hunter. I have. Seen uh, it's been direct, a while. Directed though. by Charles Lawton. Um, just one of the. Uh, best movies at using black and white to create mood basically it's like it, it's so like it, I wouldn't say it's like in your face scary it's more like just like creepy and like it it, it perfectly captures dread basically uh, basically with uh, Robert Mitchum's character basically trying to hunt down these two children yeah um, and it just has some of like this, the, the, the it's like Stand for the Bale. It's like some of those like creepy, scary shots, but it's like so beautiful. Like, yeah. do you remember oh, the, yeah. the shot of the girl underwater? No. Okay, I, I'll show it to you afterwards because yes. it's oh my gosh, it's so good. But that's uh, the one like type of water is like gets the pants you right. Um, I know Guillermo loves this movie, but I don't know. It's like, nothing, like has nothing to do with Shape of Water. I don't think like the underwater shot is the one. Like, well, that he, 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 I remember he he did every way he loves that shot. But that might be what you're thinking of. I don't think... I don't, maybe he did for Taylor Lawyer. They have, like, almost no... Is this the shot you're talking about? Yes. Okay, which yeah. is, like, in a car, like, a man. Yeah, yeah, car. it's... Oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. And just, like, uh, do you remember the shots, Blake, of, like, the two children going down the stream or whatever, the river? You see it from a distance, and, like, you hear you hear yes. Mitchell's character, like, singing, like, Children! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh, it's so good. But, yeah, one, one, one of the... One of the best, like, okay, would you consider this a horror movie? Because I would say one of the best horror movies of all time. It's, I think it's actually considered a thriller on, uh, on Larabox, like but, like, yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, the thriller is basically a horror movie, but yeah, just I, not. Like, whenever people say horror movies, I feel like they mean supernatural horror, and thriller is just, like, a human horror. Like, that's kind of the difference, I feel like. But, like, audition, would audition be a thriller? Uh, well, it's both. But yes, that's what that's okay. what you're basically saying okay, with this yeah. movie too. It's like kind of both. So. Yeah, but but I mean like audition. Okay, I, I can understand. Okay, so yeah, like the the horror there comes from the bloodshed too. So okay, but yeah, there's not, not as much, there's not as much, there's not bloodshed. Blood you need to watch the stadium, honestly. Cause not at the hundred. Yeah, definitely. Watch it. one of those classes they have to get to. You know, like homework. Okay, no, so I it's not homework. Oh my god. It's just that it, he, uh, it's his only movie he directed, right? Yeah. So yeah, you, you don't even have to like uh, work your way to it. You can just go straight That's to right. it. Just watch it. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I'll go to my number nine pick. Uh, one I also don't think either of you guys have seen. Um, Rich with God Talks Runaway. No, nope. I haven't seen it. Oh, great. Uh, great. Honestly, dude, because I was just realizing this. Like, this was made a year before The Foreigner Blows, and this mm. is about a kid who. Um, basically, he runs away from his family and he w- goes to run away to the city. And it's about his experiences in the city, meeting different people, um, and just like different kind of like shady townspeople and like uh, or Calcutta actually. And it's honestly just, it's honestly it just a movie only Richard Gottschalk can make because it's like it's a, it's really its own kind of style. Um, and he he's already like using sound in a lot of different interesting ways, and there's like just music and honestly just everything in it, and it just kind of about um. Honestly, I've never thought about them similarly before, but I'm like now thinking about it with the point of blows too, because they're both about similar age kids 
kind of just experiencing adulthood for the first time, um, kind of because they've been abandoned and stuff. Uh, I really recommend it. It's on YouTube too. So, yeah, nice. uh, have you, you guys have seen at least? I've seen River Called Titus. That's the only one. Have you seen it? Oh, River Called Titus was amazing though. Oh, dude, he's so good. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess none of us are gonna pick any Ray movies. So. Yeah, I thought. Uh, I, 50s no. are his best decade. That's the thing. He's got the Apu Trilogy. Yeah, his opera songs are the best. I'm thing. surprised you didn't choose the Music Room. Like, well, what are you considering doing? that, oh, okay. <laughs> this one, I like this one more than the Music Room, but I would have picked that one too. Um, between those two, but I really like this one. I love this one. I mean, too. the 50s are definitely not raised. Well, like, okay, like the Apu Trilogy is fucking amazing. Yes, but Ray get Ray Ray's the director <laughs> that I actually do agree with. It. Like, it gets he gets better. Oh, I mean, most directors get better. Like, I know, but I mean, like, you're, I'm just saying, you're Tati. You're Tati. Yeah, that's where it's... No, Tati gets better, but he also, he also he made one of his best movies. Not according to Blake. Beginning, beginning, so. Okay, but who, who, like, who, 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 who come on. Tati, Blake Jusson. Okay, but different. We, we know that song. Blake just said he was a talentless hack. He just got He's a talentless hack. That's that one? Yeah, yeah. Wonder, Blake said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's good. Don't you dare say it for me, though. But no, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend Got Talk, too, dude. He's so good. Uh, yeah. Uh, run away. And then my last movie, I think it's my pick, too, is a, a movie, I, the most recent movie I've seen. I had to put one I've seen kind of recently, because I'm kind of predicting, too. I, I'm going to do that for mine, the last uh, one, too. So. It's kind of a prediction, and like because I'm just starting to get into them. I've only seen uh, four O'Fool's movies, and the one I've seen most recently is La Ronde, yeah. or it's called uh, in English, The Round. And it's basically... Oh, dude, I kind of love, like, one of my favorite, and you might have seen from some of my picks, some of my favorite types of movies are, like, the uh, episodic framing of films. Yeah. And this one kind of just, it's kind of about the uh, the round or the circle of love, kind of. And it goes from, like, relationship to relationship. Uh, and it'll, like, start with one person's relationship and see who they're with, and then it'll carry on to the next person who they're kind of cheating with or whoever they're going to be with, and it just keeps okay. going from person to person. Okay. And it has this narrator character, too. Um, who's kind of like guiding you through it anyway? Uh, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, just kind of, and you can see like his influences on like uh, I was kind of mentioned slightly to Ray, but you can kind of see a lot of uh, Ophel's influences on him too. So I'm really excited to get more into him. Uh, so yeah, the round, Laron. Okay. Um, so for my last pick, I'm also going to do something similar. Just a movie that I I watched recently that I really want to talk about, and that's uh, uh, Night in the City, directed by Jules Dassin. Which is, um, like my previous pick, Night of the Hunter, uh, one of the best movies of using black and white photography. Because uh, it's, it's like, it's, 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 I've seen people classify as a noir. And like, it's like, it's very loose noir. Because it's not like your typical noir. It's, it's about a con man who has had a, who's just gotten out of jail. He's had a history of uh, basically uh, doing con man stuff. And basically, time and time again, ending up back uh, at the bottom. And this time, in the way that it's so, it's like, it's so funny in a way. Like, the movie's, like, not really funny, but it's, like, so funny to think about it afterwards because it's, like, the mood in the movie, you know the whole time. Everything's going to go wrong. You just know it. Like, the way, the way like, the shadows are, uh, Jules Eisen shoots the shadows and everything, you just know, like, everything's going to go wrong. Even, though, like, when he's, like, sort of succeeding, you're like, okay, how's, how's he going to, how's, how's this going to crash and burn this time? Mm-hmm. And it plays with that so well. And it's just, like, one of the most, like, uh, engaging movies I've ever watched, honestly, like uh, so good, and um, and also it even got better when thinking like because uh, subtextually this movie is about uh, the red wave because Jules, da- Jules Dassin was an American director who got out as a communist right uh, before this movie was made, 
Hmm. So he's like, he had to make this movie in uh, uh, in Britain. Damn. He's also he's the director who directed Rafifi. He directed that in France because he was oh, uh, kind of ousted in America. Damn. But this this movie, a lot of people think, is about the Red Way because in a way how uh, uh, the uh, you know the the the, the communism scare basically has suppressed him so much. Like he can't do anything because in the movie they describe in one of the first scenes is one one of characters describe the main character, the con man, as a artist without an art, basically. In a way, like that's connecting it to the director. He he he, has, he he's an artist, but he doesn't have an art because of the higher powers basically crushing yeah. it on him. Basically, it's it's super interesting. Mm. No, uh, I highly recommend it. Have you seen anything else from him? Yeah, Which I've Rafifi? seen uh, <clears throat> Rafifi, and I, also, I saw I've seen The Naked City too. They're both good movies, but this one's like, to, in my opinion, it's like on another level. But I, I need to rewatch Rafifi. So. No, all these look good, dude. I think he's definitely yeah. Like you don't hear about all these. I don't like. Yeah, I don't think about him as much, but yeah, he's his movies look really good. Very good director. But, yeah, right, that was to Blake. Close us out. Yeah, this is crazy that none of us is gonna choose a Hitchcock. Honestly, I thought about I mean, Vertigo and North by Northwest. Which one are you taking? Well, no, I'm not taking either one. Oh, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm that's saying. It's crazy that, that we're not gonna have them. Yeah, damn. I mean, Vertigo, uh, I love, dude. I mean, both and Rear Window. No, uh, North just... by Northwest is well. Yeah, all three of those were on my it's list. It's more just. Least, but... I picked in terms of it, like tie one to directors. I think I just love. Like I just, I respect Hitchcock and I love some of his movies, but. I... There's all the directors I picked I like more. So, so who are you? Yeah, I just realized that half my list is gonna be is gonna be Japanese movies after this pick. Damn. So this pick is a uh, Yuzo Kawashima's uh, the uh, a Sun Tribe myth from the Bakumatsu era, which That's is a mouthful. Like, yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a comedy about. So do you guys know what Sun Tribes are basically? In, J- in Japan, basically, uh, they, they were, were like youth groups. Or something? Were yeah, well, they were. Uh, it was like disillusioned youth groups, yeah. basically after after World War I remember, II. I, t- uh, I said that how uh, Tokyo Twilight was Ozu's attempt to make. Yes, it yes, and that's 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 like uh, that's kind of what you that's what made me want to rewatch this movie. Also, is because this is Yuzo Kawashima like doing a Baka, doing a Sun Tribe myth, basically. Like he's doing this thing of like. Putting disillusioned group like these disillusioned groups of youths back into like the bots the Bakumatsu era, which is right before the Shogunite fell, in, like the, in the eighty in sixty eight, in eighteen sixty eight. So he's just basically showing how like how well just with that title he's showing like how youths really haven't changed even even throughout history. Like obviously, because yeah, like in this hundred year period, time, yeah, yeah. like we had youths we had these same youths doing the exact same thing you guys are doing right now. So it's just like. It's like it's, but it's just him doing the Sun Tribe like myth, as he's saying. You know, like this isn't like actually real or anything, but it's something that could very well have happened because it's set, it's set, to, it's set in um, a brothel in uh, the show in like the Bakumatsu era, and the cool thing is that like starts out with the actual end that it is now, like um, the end that well at least in 1957 the end was, that was still there. Like, it had survived, like, everything, basically, and it was still there. And so it was like, this could... He actually says in the movie, this could easily be a movie about today's use, but that's not what this movie is. This movie is looking back, basically. And then, like, and then it just, like, cuts to, like, uh, the end that is basically, like, the... And it's it's, it's a set, obviously, but it's just... It's really cool, because he's he's just, like, trying to take a modern story and put it back in, back in like, uh, this era and show, like nothing's really changed that much you know like the human like humans are the human emotions are still the same you know behind everything um but it's also like the reason i choose is because it's also just really funny like it is a comedy at the end of the day 
Like it's showing, like it's just showing this brothel and like how it basically works as the government's trying to shut down prostitution, like as they're trying to like, like very much so like what's happening in the 50s, you know, like they're trying to like, they were trying to pass these anti-prostitution laws. That's like, like it's kind of what's happening in this movie. It's like, they don't really want these people working for brothels, but it's like, it's just kind of, it's just like, showing all this stuff. It's just showing all these dynamics that are, that are happening in a changing Japan because I mean, that's. That's what Yuzo Kawashima liked to tackle too, just like Ozu and Kenichi. Have you seen any, changing uh, Japan? What, other, have you seen other ones from him? I've seen nine Kawashima oh, okay. movies. Um, this is my favorite from him, but he, he most of the ones I've seen are from the fifties. I think my mm-hmm. second favorite is probably Susaki Paradise, Red Light District. Does that he have a lot of comedies? Awesome or is this one of his few comedies? No, he he, he has a lot of comedies. Okay. Like. No, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I want to say they're the comedies. The Japanese satire is one of my favorites. So. So, like, yeah, I'm no. kind of underseen him. No, yeah. And Kyuzo Kawashima. According to Letterboxd, he has seven comedies. Yeah, he, so. is un, he is an underseen director, too, from Japan, for sure. Um, I mean, he was working during the same era, like right after World War II, as all, as all of our favorite ones, basically. But Yeah, this is 57, too. So. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this movie actually was. It's one of the highest grossing movies ever in Japan, so. Like it connected a lot with Japanese Damn. with Japanese audiences. That's the that's how I figured out about it for the fir- for the first time. And movie was doing a spotlight on them, but oh, okay, okay. Yeah, three KBs on Letterbox. Good. Yeah. Right, well, should we like recap or like each person yeah, go around? Each one, recap yeah, our list. Your ten. Uh, blanking yeah. first. Okay, so since I started first, the one on one was Limelight. My second pick was Carmen's Innocent Love. Three Letter from Siberia. Four Tokyo Story, five Monster Hulu's Holiday, six Paths of Glory, seven Sancho the Bailiff, eight Seven Samurai, nine The Gunfighter, and ten Sun Tribe Myth from the Bakamatsu era. Okay. Um, my first pick was Tokyo Twilight. Number two, Night Skiberia. Three, Mon Uncle. Four, Pickpocket. Five, Rio Bravo. Six, In a Lonely Place. Seven, Le Notte Bianche or White Knights. Uh, eight, The Searchers. Nine, Night of the Hunter. And ten, Nine in the City. My is uh, number one. Good morning, or Ohio. Uh, number two is Ikiru. Three, uh, India Matribumi. Four, Man Escaped. Five, Illusion Travels by Streetcar. Six, The Killing. Seven, The Four Hundred Blows. Eight, Along the Coast. Nine, Runaway. And ten, La Ronde, or The Round. Luke, what are we doing next week? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so next week, we're starting uh, my pick for the series. Uh, the American film director uh, Robert Altman and specifically we are starting off with two bangers at the moment probably my two favorite from him uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller and The Long Goodbye so yeah, tune in next time hope to see you floating through the clouds Idiya shashi Oya mio neko Guriya Idiya shashi Ailam de Kolkata Amiyo ne Guriya shashi Ailam de Kolkata Amiyo ne Guriya shashi Ailam de Kolkata
पद्दा पारे सरे अमर सिलो रे घर बारी पद्दा पारे सरे अमर सिलो रे घर बारी अर सिलो मजानो नी बिगाड़ी खेती बारी अर सिलो मजानो नी बिगाड़ी खेती बारी हम की दोषे अमिकी दोषे हार आइलम मागो आइलम शब्दी सारी एकुन रेखाने हक्कोता कोई माफी ते पड़े जुता अमियाने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता ए आज़ो बो कुल करता रकुम शकुम देखाया मर गुइरा कैसे मरता अमियाने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल इटकाटे पाथरे गोरा शहर बड़ो भारी इटकाटे पाथरे गोरा शहर बड़ो भारी हर घर घर या तेरम साले साले हवा गारी हर घर घर या तेरम साले साले हवा गारी हर घैसा घैसी हर घैसा घैसी फैसा घैसी रोइसे ना दो ना दी दुबकर को दी के धारे के उन्हें राखे कारो बरसा हमियों ने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता एक आज़ाबो कुल करता रॉकुम शॉकुम देखाया मर गुइरा कैसे मरता हमियों ने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता तसीमी ते उड़ाया धुआं भोवा जाया कॉले तसीमी ते उड़ाया धुआं भोवा जाया कॉले बुरना होई ते डाके मानुस डाले 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 बुरना होई ते डाके मानुस डाले 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 अर कटकट अंकट अर कटकट अंकट कटस में सिंधी बानी सी साले अर पूराइले कंपाई के बाहिर मैदा तारे गुरता हमियों ने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता एक आज़ा बोकुल करता अर हावड़ पूल देखा या मर गुड़िया कैसे मरता हमियों ने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता यत्ता गुलन बरगर साथे मिलते यत्तो कोडी यत्ता गुलन बरगर साथे मिलते यत्तो कोडी ए लोको कोटी मनसो जोदी मिलतो यमन कोडी लोको कोटी मनसो जोदी मिलतो यमन कोडी ए जीवने और ए जीवने नोदी रूपर से दूदी तो गोडी बरोही तमजी बनाई शामोदुन पाई तो ना दे पता हम याने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता एक आज़ा बोकुल करता रॉकुम शॉकुम देखा या मर गुइरा कैसे मरता हम याने गुड़िया शेषे आइलम रे कुल करता